Here we go. <clears throat> Wouldn't you know it, I, uh, stream health. Let's see. What is the issue? What is the issue? Oops, hang on. Just one second. Are we cooking? Yes, now we're cooking. All right. For some reason, the uh, stream health is not that great, but whatever. Welcome, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas, and I've been drinking. Uh, more importantly than that, this is my UFC 231 post-fight special. Thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate it. So uh, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to the results from UFC 231. If you don't want spoilers, now is your chance to get out of here. Uh, you can do that in five, four, three two one all right so if you're sticking around i'm assuming you want spoilers yes all right a couple of ground rules here if we can number one please follow me on twitter right there see that you can follow me on twitter i always appreciate it when you do and with this hand you can donate in the super chat if you donate in the super chat i will uh, answer your question this evening and uh, you can ask whatever you like that'd be fine by me we have so much to get to. The results of UFC 231 now just ending. I've got the replay here on my other screen here. I'm looking at it. Max Holloway's an uh, incredible win here. So let's just sort of go ahead and get to it now if we can. Let's see how that stream is doing. Eh, not great. That's interesting. I'm not sure why. Um, all right. What do we want to say about this? Uh, first of all, overall the event. What would I say about it? Overall, pretty good event. Not too bad, right? Um, I don't have any numbers yet. Let me check my email here. I'll, I'll, I'll do it in a minute, but the, I'll get the email about the um, attendance and whatnot here before too long, and I can give you who won the um, bonuses and what kind of numbers we're looking like for uh, gate and that kind of thing. In any event, uh, man, what do I say about that main event? So Max Holloway defeats Brian Ortega at uh, five minutes of the fourth round. So they go to full four rounds and in between rounds before the onset of the fifth. Let me close this one out if I can. It's distracting. Brian Ortega, uh, the, the doctor, I believe, stopped it, actually. His corner should have stopped it. I'm a little surprised that they didn't because he was being put in a bad place and he's young enough where um, an additional five minutes would have been a horrendous beating for him. But be that as it may, Max Holloway, Jesus Christ, man, what do you want to say about this guy? Let's talk about every element of his win that we can, starting with the context of it. Hilarious. Someone marked it as a uh, TKO loss on Wikipedia, but he lost to Conor McGregor in 2013, right? That was back in August of 2013. Since then, he beat Will Chope, Andre Feely, Clay Collard, Akira Corsani, Cole Miller, Cub Swanson, Charles Oliveira, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, Anthony Pettis, Jose Aldo twice, and now Brian Ortega. That is a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 fight win streaks. Folks, I don't give a damn what you're doing inside the Ultimate Fighting Championship. A 13 fight win streak is exceedingly rare. To do it at the championship level for the last 1, 2, 3, 4 fights is absurd. Totally absurd. Uh, we're talking about... They keep calling him the greatest featherweight of all time. I don't know if he's the greatest featherweight of all time because to be that, you have to kind of 
have a larger body of work, but Jesus, man, that is an incredible body of work. Um, certainly he beat, if he's not the greatest of all time, he beat the greatest of all time twice. And you might be saying, well, look, if you beat the greatest of all time, wouldn't that make you the greatest of all time? But then the answer is, uh, not necessarily. It could, but the issue would have to be that you have um, sufficient, um, again, sufficient wins overall. We can have that debate, but if he's not, he's probably number two. If not number one, he's certainly number two. And to win 13 fights in a row is ridiculous. Remember, he he beat Will Chope coming off of two losses consecutively against Dennis Bermudez, albeit a split decision, and Connor um, beat him fair and square. Um, but fucking hell, man. That is just an incredible run that he has been on. What do you want to say about how he won? Let's see. Let's see if we can figure this out. Um, God, he did not do a ton of stance switching. Usually in fights, he's a little bit more left to right to right to left to left to right. This one, he was predominantly in the orthodox position. I was going to pay attention to which angle he was circling. You'll recall in the first Jose Aldo fight, he went this way. And in the second Jose Aldo fight, from the same stance, he went that way. So it's not merely that uh, he switches stances. It's that he switches stances and then also switches directions. He's very good at that kind of thing. So that at first he was going, I can't remember, but it was the same direction every time. There wasn't a whole lot of nuance to it. But then the whole fight dynamic changed. Somewhere towards the end of the first and then from there on out, it was the same. He was just kind of driving straight into him over and over and over again. It wasn't like he was trying to circle uh, methodically like he was before. And... Um, why was he, why was he doing that? Because I think he felt like he could just land whatever he wanted. It was quintessential Max, right? Sticking behind the jab, getting out of the way of shots, brawling when he needed to, brawling when he wanted to, eating shots when he felt like he could. Ortega in that third round landed, or maybe it was the second or the third, but landing a nice elbow as uh, Holloway closed the distance. Um, but God, he was just he was just setting him on fire. He was finding a way to keep him at the end of his punches, switching angles, throwing punches in combinations, double jabbing and then throwing a straight, uh, jabbing, hooking, turning, ducking under a punch, pivoting, throwing, and then there was just this volume and onslaught, and Brian Ortega had nowhere to go. He had a nice rally, I think, in that third round, nearly taking the back. For a moment, although not really, um, I won't say getting close in the takedowns, but threatening enough with them that Max had to be mindful of his P's and Q's, uh, landing some hard shots, as I mentioned before. But first of all, it, all the questions about Max Holloway, like I'm a little hesitant to say that they've like been completely answered because you never know if they might materialize again. They kind of materialized out of thin air as far as we can tell, right? So you're like, well, will they come back? But at the same time, you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Um, weight cut, no problem. I thought he looked better on the scales than Ortega did, to be perfectly honest with you. Then in this fight, not only was his output fine, just constantly just pouring it on and pouring it on. Like In a Max Holloway fight, if the first round goes bad for you, the fourth round is going to be a nightmare for you, right? So there was that, and then on top of it, uh, 
his ability to absorb punishment. Like, if it was some kind of a brain concussion issue, I was worried that the weight cut might trigger it or exacerbate it. And if not that, then certainly the fight itself. And it was like he had picked right up where he left off from the second Aldo fight back in December of 2017. Off for a year and six days and looked better than ever. Um, which isn't to minimize the pain that he went through. It's not to minimize the depression that he went through. It's not to minimize any of those things. Merely to say that whatever ailed him is not some kind of long-standing encumbering thing. Uh, Brian Ortega, I thought, had a little bit more um, positional discipline in this one. I thought that his shot selection was better here. You just can't really tell because he was facing Max Holloway and just got chewed up constantly. But if you compare like the striking performance here to and this was a ways ago, but like Clay Guida or even the Hanato Moicano fight, which took place in July of 2014, this was much better. He used to just kind of throw, 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 throw with not a whole lot of intention. And now you're beginning to see that he can piece together like what weapons work for him, whether it's an elbow in short distance, um, whether it's a hook. I think his rear uppercut is his best punch from the orthodox position. So a right-handed uppercut is for sure his best weapon. It's just that Max is really never there for them. And even when you tag him, you can't, you can't usually put a whole lot together with it. That's not true for Max. Max can jab, jab, cross, cut an angle, hook, switch stance, so that way we, as you pull in, he's already in the angle to then throw from the, from the power side over and over and over and over and over again. God damn, that was hard to watch there at the end. Brian Ortega's chin is fucking granite man granite for him to be able to withstand the onslaught that max holloway put on him just incredible that would have stopped i mean jose aldo made it to the third round in both fights and not a minute or not a round past it both times in the fourth minute of the third round that's basically about as long as he could last brian ortega went went about um six minutes past that uh in both cases so just tells you what like what he was up against, but that's really when Max Holloway begins to shine. That third round, fourth minute, that's when that's when everything begins to crumble, right? That's when the whole show comes undone. And then in the fourth round, if you can make it that far, he just completely turns it on. Dude, his angles are insane. His movement is insane. His distance is insane. His chin is phenomenal. He's banking on it a little bit in this fight, more probably more than he was would be advisable. But Everything he's doing is, I mean, let's look at the rankings here for just a minute if we can. Let me pull him up here for featherweight. Like, who is going to fight that guy? I mean, God, this website blows, right? Do we all agree with that? Um, anyway, mine's not showing up. I don't know why, but whatever. Frank Yeager maybe up there. You could say Hanato Moicano, but Moicano missed weight. Are they going to put faith in him? I don't know. Certainly, this is not the end of Brian Ortega. They can run this back if he continues to get wins, and he might. If I'm him, I'm taking some time off because I said this before. Like it's easy, it's easier to win uh, or learn rather by winning uh, offense first and striking, and then defense comes second. That's a little bit less so in jujitsu. Like yes, you learn arm bars first and kimuras and paintbrushes but you also sort of like mastering basic fundamentals of guard passing or not getting your guard passed or getting out of side control like those are things you have to master forever but they're much more part and parcel of the learning up front striking is a little bit different i mean slipping parrying uh 
L-stepping, shifting angles, all those kinds of things mattered, but they just they, they come much later. Because if you got a good punch and a couple of sort of defensive tricks, I'm not saying you can go far, but you don't necessarily need all those defensive things. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, there's a lot more back and forth early. And jiu-jitsu is a heavy sparring culture as well. You know, where you can just do... I mean, people have schools where you just do marathon rolls, where the whole class is just nothing but rolling. Um, striking is not quite like that, right? So defense comes a little bit later. But if I'm him, after the beating, and while I think he has continued to show phenomenal development, it's just a little bit too far um, to just say you can just come back in and, um, you know, like no problem, pick up where he left off, and yeah, just take on another challenger, and if he wins that, he gets right back in there. That was a hellacious beating he took, and there are there's more tightening that I think is needed, uh, to put it mildly, but... Um, I do think he showed improvement. I do think that uh, I, get, I, think, I thought he had more discipline with his move. A lot of times he just sort of wants to go out there and just throw, 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 and be active in engagements. I didn't, I didn't detect that here until he got desperate and then you saw it, but that would have been true of probably any fighter in that position, so I don't think that's specific to his strengths or weaknesses. Um, but in the case of Max, it's just – he can. He's so good at keeping you at the end of his punches. He's so good at keeping you just way back there and then finding whatever he needs to do, whether it's if you angle off, switching sides so he can get you into the power hand, whether he just touches you up to the body and then the leg. I, the one thing I was surprised was he didn't throw a lot of leg kicks. I thought that would have been a, would have been a, been a bigger component to slow or take it down to see what would happen. But, you know, if you don't need him, you don't need him, right? So... Um, but short of that, I just thought, God, dude, between the angles and the shot selection and the pressure and the backing them up against the fence, and there was it was just the walls went like this on Ortega, right? They just slowly, slowly, slowly closed. It was it was kind of crazy to watch in the end. Um, God damn, that guy's amazing. And I said it before, like Brian Ortega doesn't have the best takedowns either by percentage or by rank or anything like that, and I. I Everyone's going to be like, oh, what you're saying that for? Just hear me out. Perhaps if you fought Habib Nurmagomedov, Habib gets all those takedowns and it's a different fight. I'm not here to argue with that. What I am going to say is I hope that Max has enough respect now, um, not really with his overall body of work and uh, striking prowess, but with his takedown defense at this point, to at least have folks curious or more curious than perhaps they ordinarily would have been to watch a Holloway versus Nurmagomedov fight. And even then, I still think on the ground, um, a Ortega versus Nurmagomedov fight would be kind of interesting. But for sure, the physicality difference in the end it was just a little bit too much. I think his frame, he knows how to use his frame. Max Holloway does about getting his hips back. He pulls underhooks high. He sags weight when he needs to against the fence. He knows the full extent of his reach. His reach is like I, I think he had a longer, or um, opponents who had longer reach than him, like uh, Moicano, would be have a longer reach than him. That's a prospective opponent. I'm just sort of speaking out loud. Uh, let me look. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Aldo had a commensurate one. I think Pettis or Lamas may have had longer ones, like Oliveira. Well, that was a weird fight, but it's not like he hasn't fought guys with longer reach. He just makes maximal use of his reach. He does that with good timing, good stepping in, good footwork, the whole nine. Like, he can do all of it. So, really, 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 really impressive performance by Max Holloway. Um, 
soup to nuts, answering so many questions. What's his upside? Are the illnesses still there? Can his chin still hang there? Are the things that he's been good at, can he keep them up? Can he do the other things that he needs to? Can he be entertaining? Can he? All the questions you could have possibly asked of him, you got a pretty affirmative answer. In the case of Brian Ortega, you got a pretty good answer on most things. His chin, phenomenal. Just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal chin. Again, better shot selection. I thought more disciplined movement until desperation set in and then just desperation sets in. Um, but he's just, I, I think he's just leagues behind Max in stand-up, especially as the fight progresses. Um, he can he can sort of get his licks in, and and that's not nothing, but it's just not, it's clearly just not enough. It's, by, it's like quite obviously not enough. Um, he's not some sort of lamb being led to the slaughter, but it's just a bit of big bank take little bank with him. Um, and so you just get what you get. Kind of crazy, right? Now let's see what the numbers here are. Oof, Jesus, a bunch of you all watching. This is cool, man. All right, so um, give the video a uh, like and subscribe to the channel. I'm looking to up my subscribers, y'all. Please help me do that because the more of those I can get, the more like fun, interesting, cool things I can do. So please help me with that. I really appreciate that when you do. Uh, if Again, if you got a question, let me pull this up here. If you got a question... Put it right here, and I will get to it. Yeah? Okay. All right. Y'all like my new ink? Um, anyway, let's move along here if we can. Co-main event. Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna and Jacek. She wins via unanimous decision. 49-46, 49-46, 49-46. Yeah, I think it's a fine scorecard. I probably would have given it a little bit of a different scorecard. I, I, I thought she won all the rounds, but I think one is fine. Maybe you could have gone, like, I think it was like... Some folks had it like 3-1 heading into the fourth. Maybe it was like, um, I think maybe, maybe Jacek won the third. But to me, this was the easiest fight on the on the card to call. And I and I know um, a lot of people are fans of Ioana Jacek. That's fine if you want to be. Um, this is this is not an analysis about who I like or hate. It's just it's just trying to be honest about it. When we were evaluating the Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega fight, what were we looking at? Even I had Henry Gracie on the MMA Hour um, on Monday. What was he saying to me? He was saying that, like, what makes – like, I asked him to define Brian Ortega's jiu-jitsu. And what did he say? The answer was he's able to just find things in the middle of chaos. The example that he used was if you stuff Brian and somebody else in a barrel and roll it down the hill, Brian's going to be the one with the choke at the end, which I can believe. Like, he just – look at the goal – look at the ways he's found chokes and fights. That's, that's just so obviously true. But the problem is that Max is a guy who just controls for that. You're not rolling down a barrel with with Max on a hill. And if you are, Max is the guy on top of the barrel juggling it, right? Like with his feet. That's the reality here. So you're just the guy. In that case, Brian's just the guy in the barrel getting tossed like laundry, right? In the middle of a dryer. Um, and so the point being is that was the way we had all. That was the way I had envisioned that fight going. It's like how. Okay, you're good in chaos. Great. That's the guy who's anti-chaos unless he's uh, exerting chaos on his terms. It's a small window of opportunity. Same thing with this one with Valentina Shevchenko and Ioana Jacek. When I looked at this, it was like, how do these two match up? Ioana Jacek, even if she is circling on the outside, which she does a lot, she still likes to be first all the time, right? She's pumping the jab constantly, constantly, constantly. She's moving. She's throwing the head kick. She's this way. She's that way. But she likes to initiate the offense, whether it's a leg kick, a jab, or anything in between. 
Well, what does Shevchenko do every time? She just waits for it, slips it, and throws a punch. Wait for it, gets out of the way, and then throws a kick. You go back and you watch the three Muay Thai fights, everyone's like, oh, it's Muay Thai, it's different. Okay, different how? To me, that fight I, I, actually was more similar than even I thought it was going to be. But my, the one thing I picked up on watching those fights, and you can watch highlights of the three of them on YouTube for free, was that Shevchenko would throw, throw, throw. Excuse me, what am I saying? Ian Jacek would throw, throw, throw. Shevchenko would just wait, pop, wait, pop, wait, pop constantly. So it's like you, you, you want Ian Jacek, lead with your offense, your opponent who's beat you three times, counter-strikes. How do you change that dynamic? Oh, it's an MMA fight. Big fucking deal. It's the same dynamic. And even as they got in close quarters with Shevchenko, I didn't think Shevchenko would get nearly as many takedowns. As she did. I thought they would just fight uh, at range for the most part. And so, to me, this one, this was the easiest fight on the card to call. Um, I know everyone was super hyped because fans are, they just, they just love Joanna, and I get it. That's cool. I'm not here to talk them out of it. I'm just saying the facts are what they were. That was a horrible matchup. Not hor- horrible is a strong word, but it was just one of those things where it's like, how do you overcome that the basic nature of your offense ultimately empowers your opponent? How do you get out of that? Ah, it's very tough. It's very tough to get out of that. And so she didn't, and she couldn't, and she was basically overwhelmed. And so Valentina Shevchenko is your new women's um, flyweight champion, which is something that we had long expected, and which is kind of a bummer about this whole thing. And they, they burned this fight, you know, right up front. Um, because I don't know who the hell Shevchenko is going to fight at this point. Like, who who is the lady that's going to give her a run? At 125 pounds. You just can't imagine who that could possibly be. Uh, and um, she won in every way you could possibly win. Now, I did think Shevchenko had, excuse me, I thought Ian Jacek had her moments. I thought that her volume over time, not everything can be connected uh, back against. So there was that. Um, I thought that she had some decent combinations. She started strong on, on, the, on the latter half of the fight in terms of the early parts of the rounds. But either she was stifled with close contact and takedown, or uh, she just was she was um, counterstruck. You know, I mean that there's not that was not a particularly complex read to be candid with you. Shevchenko is weird because you know Yanjechik is out there going left to right and pumping the jab and cutting angles and the whole bit and coming in distance and out of distance. Shevchenko has this really weird and deceiving style. Because she doesn't do a whole lot. She kind of even in this fight, she was kind of. Did you notice how much she was stopping her movement? She would just stop. She would like do this, and then stop, and then wait. She was waiting, and then something didn't come. Then she'd reset the motion again. But there are moments where she's literally just planting her feet and going, just waiting for something to happen. Um, so so, it's deceiving because you think, oh, well, there's not much there to it. But then she's like just out of the way of a kick, you know, or just out of the way of a punch or, or, or whatever that she needs to be, or she kind of just rolls with something. She can do all of that. And then, and then you want to, so even when she connected, sometimes it wasn't connecting all that hard and up against the weight class, you could just see, oh, they can fight at 125 together. She looked fine at 125, but physically, like who, who looked stronger to you? And even Joe Rogan was like, yo, talking about like Tiago Santos, like, yo, if you get a hammer tattooed on your chest you must be you know all about business yo Shevchenko has a Glock 19 on the left side of her ribs 
What does that say? <laughs> right? What does that say? Yo, that lady is all business, bro. She is out of fucks to give. Uh, she is a warhorse from the word go. Like, do you, do you all follow her on Instagram or whatever? She just travels and trains. She doesn't do anything else. And she's like with her coach and her family and her sister constantly. And they're in gyms constantly. If they're not in gyms, they're on shooting ranges. If they're not in shooting ranges, they're on restaurants. If they're not in restaurants, they're back in gyms. Like, dude, that is all she does. And I don't know what Joanna Jacek does. I can't I can't speak for her. Um, but, you know, if you look at her. She's had a rough run in the last few fights, right? So she's one in three. Excuse me. Yeah, one in three in her last four. Now, one of those, um, two of those losses to the same opponent. So it's just really two fighters she's lost to. So I really think that's almost like a, a better way to look at it. But down where she is, at 115, she's got troubles. And at 125, there's really nowhere to go. They'll rematch again, I'm sure, because I don't know who the fuck they could possibly give to Shevchenko to give her any kinds of problems. But... Um, you know, it's just, a, it was a bad matchup from the word go, man. It was a bad matchup from the word go. You just have somebody, like, your strengths only empower your opponent's better strengths. Both in the main and co-main. Oh, your strength is chaos, but what do you do without that? You just empower that guy to do whatever he does. Oh, you're good at leading but that empowers a counter striker what, what do you do with that you get tuned up that's what happens and uh for the most part she was how about those spinning back kicks she was throwing shevchenko right they got they got a little softer in the in the fourth and fifth round but for the first three they were pretty great again not a ton of leg kicks in that fight and both the main and co-main if i had to express a degree of surprise it was the lack of leg kicks i thought both would have played more of a role um, or rather, they would have played more of a role in both, I should say. Apologies for that. But, man, either way, fucking phenomenal, right? Goddamn. Max Holloway, Tanning and Valentina Shevchenko getting a, getting a nice win there. Both of those going a little long, too. I would have thought that the stoppages would have come a little bit earlier, but the challengers here showed up big time. Let me make one point about this before we move on to the rest of the card. Um, I, I don't know how you guys felt. I went and watched all the embedds. Did you guys watch all the embedds? They, they, they started out good. They got a little bit nubs in the middle of the week and they got a little bit better at the end, which is fairly common. Um, and then I watched the countdown specials and the read that I got was that they were really pushing Ortega and they were really pushing in Jacek. And I know after tonight, the UFC is going to take probably a little bit of shit from people about why did you push Ortega when Max was the guy to push, and why did you push Ioana when Valentina was the guy to push, or lady to push, excuse me. And I'll just say this. I'll, I'll defend the UFC here a little bit because, like, what round did Tom Brady get drafted in? Was it the sixth round, seventh round, something like that? Like, show me the sport where prospecting is easy. Okay. In college basketball, you guys seen this kid, Zion Williamson? What is he, 6'8", and he's 300-some-odd pounds, and he has a near 50-inch vertical? I mean, you watch this kid jump, and like you can't believe he just keeps going above the screen. You're like, holy fuck, man, how does a human being do this? Okay, any moron can pick him out and be like, yo, he might be, he might be real fucking good at basketball. Anybody can do that, but there's a million guys after him. It can be hard to tell who's going to be great and who's not. 
in the NFL, so many guys go late in the rounds and they end up being great. So many guys go early and end up being shit. Um, and it's prospecting in, the, in, in any kind of pro sport is extremely difficult. If they had not pushed Ortega, if they had not pushed Ian Jacek, and they would have won, people would have been like, oh, my God, why didn't they get behind them? Like, there's a no-win position for the UFC on this one. I'm glad they pushed Ortega because, number one, people liked him. Second of all, he's fucking great. And number three, like, all the reasons why you would like Ortega are all still in play. He's still young. He's going to get better handsome people like him got a great backstory like every all that's still in play and yin jacek she's in a bit of a tough her position's a little bit more difficult but at the same time it's like what if she would have won you know people would have been like why didn't they get behind her were they so turned off by the rose losses she came back against tisha torres why didn't that matter dude prospecting is difficult it's not that i want them to disrespect champions or the favorites in the case of shevchenko the fact that holloway was not a uh, favorite is a crime my god who were the dumbasses who thought that was going to happen but okay neither here nor there i don't mind that they really got behind the challengers like at some point what you're trying to sell is the next thing the upside the potential the possibility it didn't work in this particular case but so what um i i it's it's so hard to get this right they have tried a million times. They're going to get it wrong most of the time. All they need is one or two of these prospects to hit, and they can just fucking clank the champagne glasses and be about their business. So I know people are going to be like, why did you get behind Max? And why did you get behind Valentina? Because, man, they did a little bit. They could have done more. I agree. But it, it, prospecting in pro sports about who's going to be great is so difficult. It is so completely insanely difficult all right uh please like this video and subscribe to the channel i really appreciate that when you do by the way i've got some old ass merch you can purchase the links are also down there we're going to update that here before too long um with some newer stuff i think i hope and uh there's a bunch more stuff we have planned for 2019 but i host three shows and i'm overwhelmed and i never sleep so i can only do so much uh all right Let's get to some of these other fights here very quickly. We're not going to go through these a whole lot. Gunnar Nelson defeating Alex Oliveira at 417 of round two. Alex Oliveira holding that fence. I thought Jaron Vallel should have restarted them on the ground. I was upset that he put them back in some kind of you know neutral-ish position. In the end, it didn't necessarily matter. Oliveira apparently having a bunch of water poured on him between rounds. I didn't see it, but the commentators were certainly talking about it. Um... What do I say about this? I thought that Nelson's strength and conditioning really helped him here as he was standing flat back to see his traps and the whole thing. Like he, he looked like he was a lot bigger, and I think that really helped because Oliveira's strong and wiry and got that farm strength, and and Gunnar Nelson was able to get him down. And once he got him down, I mean, it was academic, right? And how about those elbows? My God, when Oliveira turned to go to Turtle and he was getting choked, it wasn't that blood was, like, pulsating out. It was like... God, I've never seen anything like it. I don't know. It was like what you'd saw, see at a butcher shop where like they're just hanging an animal and then they slice the guts open and everything just spills. It was kind of like that. It was just an insane amount of blood just not leaking or pouring, but falling, you know, um, astronomical. Amount. And by the way, you know, Oliveira and Nelson were ranked like 13, 14. Like, Nelson, if you lost this one, that would have been bad, man. That would have been really bad. But he hung on and got a nice win, and 
Um, this will keep him at least certainly inside the top 15. I don't think it'll put him inside the top 10, but it's a nice win for him, and he needed it in the time off. I mean, he didn't fight uh, before tonight until – or um, the last fight before this one was against Santiago Ponzinibbio, for crying out loud. Like, it had been a long time since he had fought, so this is a, a, a very – excuse me. This is a very important fight for him. Hakeem Dewadu defeating Kyle Bokniak, split decision. How the fuck was that a split decision? Anyway, Hakeem Dewadu defeated Kyle Bokniak. Bokniak had his moments with the takedowns here or there. But uh, Hakeem Dewadu with the teeps and the jabs. I, I wouldn't call it a – I wasn't um, – let me be fair. I, I, it was not the kind of performance you go back to uh, as a media guy and think, wow, man, who really stood out from the night? I wouldn't say he stood out from the night, but what I would say is there's still a lot of room for improvement. There's a lot of opportunity here for growth, and certainly not a bad performance. I mean, it was a good performance, but not an exemplary one. I think I would I would deny him that. Um, but young guy, motivated, still has a lot of talent, still got some things he wants to put together, and I think he can show another gear. And the truth is, I think if you're Hakeem Duwadu or his people, you might be saying, yeah, he can – he can show another gear. Cool. Let's see it. Let's see it. Uh, Tiago Santos defeating Jimmy Manawa at 41 seconds of round two. Man, I said it on Twitter. I'll repeat it here. That's the greatest street fight I've ever seen in my life. How do you even break that down? Those two guys just absolutely hammering each other. There's a moment where Santos came out hard and was landing on him. And I was like, Manawa, Manawa because like Santos would just plant and throw, Manawa would just collapse into him. And I was like, oh, if Santos would just back up off like a Max Holloway, like a punch, 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 back off, and then, you know, wait for the guy and then just land on him some more. Oh, Santos can win. Man, fuck that. That's not what that fight was about. <laughs> that fight was about just carnage. And then those guys getting dropped with elbows in the clinch and then the spinning back fists. And somehow that one went to a second round and both guys got dropped. But Tiago Santos came out the winner. Jimmy Manoa at 38, I think even 39 will be here pretty soon. Um, was the the was the was the better kickboxer of the two, but I think he's been in enough fights at this point where his um, ability to absorb damage has been compromised to a degree, and so a guy like Santos, who's just this bruising marauder, he's not nearly as polished as Manoa, not even close, but he's younger, fresher, tougher probably now, and certainly so beyond powerful that it didn't really matter. Uh, Nina Ansaroff defeating Claudia Gedalia, 29-28, 29-28 across the board. Nina Ansaroff, man, nearly retired at UFC 195. Then beat um, Jocelyn Larberger, beat uh, Angela Hill, beat uh, Random Marcos, beat Claudia Gedalia tonight. You know, getting into that probably top five space now as a women's strawweight. I mean, this is why we talk about perseverance, right? Because it's a real thing, like sticking things out. You know, um, not not giving up on yourself and um, just a great jab, great movement. Gedalia getting tired kind of early, I thought. Uh, which you, you would expect her to get tired over the course of a fight, but as early as she did, I thought, to me, was surprising. I didn't think she'd get tired that early. Uh, Gilbert Burns defeating Olivia and Aubin Marcier. You know what's funny about this is OAM used to be one of these guys, uh, 327 and 129-28. OEM used to be one of these guys who was like this big physical lightweight who would just kind of like bully guys against the fence, get the takedown, tear him up, and then get some wins that way. And Burns was taking him down at will. Burns is a legit black belt 
like world champion. Not one of these guys who's like, oh, he's a black belt and he's good. No, no. Like really, really good. Extremely good. Um, and he, he has the kind of wrestling to just take down OAM without a ton of difficulty. And he's got good striking too. The problem is sometimes he just gets into like striking mode or he'll get into like wrestling mode or he'll get into like jujitsu mode. If he can just blend them all a little bit more, um, he can just be a force to be reckoned with. He can be a force to reckon. The guy is unranked at lightweight and he's that good. Like keep that in mind. Like that's how good you have to be at lightweight. Better than Dorino Burns. Uh, Jessica I defeated Caitlin Chukagian, split decision with 29-28s going each way and then the other. This was my read on this one. It just looked like Chukagian was the cleaner, more polished striker, but Jessica I's power just had more effect. And so Chukagian, it's like, yeah, it's nice that you have a jab and she had the good push kick and she had better footwork and cleaned her fundamentals, fundamentals, excuse me. But I was just like, Big punch, big punch, pushing her back, countering, big punch. And so one person was just sort of physically dominating the other one. And it was close. I grant that it was close. And if you had it the other way, that's fine. Um, but Jessica, I just seemed like I'm going to give up. Like what I give up in technique, I more than make up for in physicality. Uh, I did not see the Theodora versus Anders fight, but apparently it was a bit of hometown cooking, people were saying. I didn't see it. Uh, neither Bracketona versus Matt Lopez, but Bracketona, the ultimate fighter kid, wins uh, 30-27 and 2-29-28. How about Diego Lima defeating Chad Laprise, 137 around one? Um, good call by Paul Felder. You go back and you watch, you have Lima throwing hooks, jabs, jabs, faking, hook, hook, jab, jab, and then throwing one where he'd lean forward, and you can see Laprise try to parry, but he's not coming that way. He's actually coming around. Bop catches him. Nice shot, man. Really nice shot. And then he was hoping he would get a bonus um, for his Ninos. In fact, do we have information on that? Let's see here very quickly. Um, yes, we do. Here we go. Oh, did he get it? Oh, no. Fuck, man. Uh, attendance. 19,039 people sold out. UFC's highest attendance at Scotiabank Arena. In history, for whatever that's worth. Um, gate, $3,289,000 Canadian dollars, which translates to $2.48 million U.S. dollars. Uh, fight of the night, Holloway versus Ortega. Obviously, performance of the night, Holloway and Santos. So Holloway bags an additional 100000 Interesting. Uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda taking on Kyle Nelson. Had a little trouble early, but then sort of just overwhelmed with positional jiu-jitsu and then pounded him out. And then Alexander Rach, uh, Rakic defeating uh, Devin Clark. Ra Keep your eye on that kid, Rakic. He was a guy who, when did he make his debut? I think he trains at American Top Team now, if I'm not mistaken. He made his debut against, like, Mahosa or Led I think it was the Ledet fight in Hamburg. Because his first two fights were in Rotterdam, Netherlands. No one was watching. Um, Hamburg, Germany on Shogun versus Smith card. No one's watching. And then now he defeated Devin Clark. He's one of these guys like Cyborg who lost his first fight and then has just been on like this fucking tear since then. He is big as shit for that weight class and very well-rounded and powerful, man. And he just beat a legit guy in Devin Clark in my mind on a bigger pay-per-view. Now, granted, he wasn't on the pay-per-view portion of the card. Far from it. Like, literally the furthest you could get from that position. I'm just saying, keep your eye on that one. 
That is a guy who caught my attention in his last fight. And going to this one, I was like, I think he might win. If you listen to my radio show, I actually thought he would win. And sure enough, here we are. Alexander Rakic, that is a tough guy. Big guy, good, light heavyweight who might have a bright future. Remember that name. Uh, all right. If you have a question, hit me up. Use the – let me see if I can pull this up one more time. Use the – god damn it, I can never get it right. Use the super chat to do that. I'm also on Instagram, by the way, um, as I am on this name, except instead of L. Thomas News, it's just my full name. It's Luke Thomas News. You can give me a follow there. By the way, everyone's going to be like, oh, your tattoo sucks. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what you think. Um, this is the DC flag, and I got it done by this guy, Dr. Z. That's his name. And um, it's designed – to be like a rubber stamp put there so there you go if you don't like it i have good news for you don't get it all right let's go to some of these questions shall we questions down at oh there's a bunch of them holy fuck all right someone paid two bucks to tell me they're my father great uh luke the vanilla gorilla top three favorite movies i couldn't possibly tell you two dollars to tell me rip brian callen great Turn up the audio. That's a bit late now, right? Um, let's see. How about this? How about that? Better? 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 No, hold on. Better? Better? About as good as it's going to get. Uh, all right. Should Holloway go for a lightweight belt or just a big fight? Well, I think the big fight probably is the lightweight belt, right? Who's he going to fight at featherweight that's going to be a big-ass fight? Probably nobody. But if he can fight a Nurmagomedov, he can get a rematch against. I, think, I mean, at this point, if I'm Connor, I'm considering that as one of my rebound fights. I don't think that's the best idea because I think at this point it's very, very competitive. It was competitive-ish the first time around, but Connor was the real better guy at the time. But... Um, if I'm Connor, I'm considering like, well, I thought it was going to be Cerrone, but Cerrone's not going to fight Alex Hernandez. So that's off the table. So maybe it's Poirier, like Dana White thought, but if I'm Connor, I'm thinking about this one possibly too, because that could, you know, that could be a lot, that could be interesting in a number of different ways. Um, but if you're Max Holloway, I think the biggest fights are the ones up a weight class, the big name, dude, lightweight's the best weight class in, in MMA. Uh, it's got the biggest names. It's got the biggest rivalries. A Nate Diaz fight. Can you imagine Max Holloway versus Nate Diaz? <sighs> Has anyone ever talked about that before? I mean, fucking phenomenal, right? Uh, would be amazing. Would be amazing. Make sure my audio is going good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, how much punishment for Habib is fair? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The, uh, God, like, why do you want? Why do you want an athletic commission? What's the reason behind having one? The answer is, and where they came out of the 20th century, is basically to make sure promoters don't lie, cheat, and steal, or self-deal. That's that's their purpose, right? To make sure that the weigh-ins are above board, that the fights you make are competitive, that the that the purse is there to be paid, that there's a degree of medical coverage. I will never bash a commission for those things, provided they perform those services at a, rec at a requisite level. But like that function, um, they have the comparative advantage. It's like, why do you not want, well, it's a little more complicated than this, but um, why are there no private firefighters or private fire departments? 
because that's one of the few things that where you actually want the government in that kind of position. It's actually the same in this case too, but there are limits to it. There are super limits to it. One of them is the rules. Like we don't even know what the rules of MMA should be. And we've already handed over the keys to the kingdom, to the government. I mean, what a fucking horrible idea, right? Horrible idea. Beyond that, another one is punishment. Dude, that shit happened over two months ago. How is there not a resolution? It's insane that there's not a resolution. These guys have to treat it like it's the most fucking sacred event of their lives. Oh my God, the commission, they're really upset and I have to do all this bullshit and show up and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just like you just can't. You can't believe it. There needs to be some kind of license. This is my idea. Tell me how crazy it is. There needs to be some kind of license you can get. It's a license from the commission where you are allowed to adjudicate in terms of punishment. Because Dana White's like, what do you want me to do? The, the, the government's going to hammer them. But And people are like, oh, that's abdicating. But I'm like, it's really not abdicating. Because not only um, do, you have, do you have to... Um, well, think about it. When is that punishment going to come down? I mean, it could be another month or two, right? So Dana White can't do fuck all about like moving that division or those guys forward until that's resolved because the commission has to fucking stroke their chin and figure things out for like how they want to like look strong for everybody. There needs to be some kind of a license where certain promoters, not every one of them, but certain ones who qualify can be allowed to met out their own punishment like the NBA does. Uh, and with a guy like Mark Ratner on staff, figuring out like what it, would it be good enough. And if it's not good enough, then the commission could call them back and add additional punishment. And then we could just be through this all together. But like, how are we still dealing with this? We're dealing with this because we have handed the keys of the kingdom to an incredibly bureaucratic process. And some of those bureaucracies are worth dealing with. I made this point before. Everyone's like, one FC cured weight cutting. How could you possibly fucking know that? You could not know that. You couldn't defend that position if your life depended on it. You know how I know this? Because they don't even release the numbers to the media, either hydration tests or weigh-ins. They release nothing. Nada. The Association of Ringside Physicians offered me to speak to Dr. Warren Wang this week. We tried to set up a time. You know who Warren Wang is? He's v- uh, v- or Warren Wong. He's VP of their medical services. Um at uh, one and also like the Asian sort of like um, head of the Association of Ringside Physicians. I'm sure he's eminently qualified. Um, I was going to do an interview with him and they nixed it at the last minute. So first of all, if you see him speak to anybody else, let it be known. But my point being is this, the, the guy who apparently runs the program or certainly has a great degree of say over it, he won't speak. No one knows what their weigh-in numbers are, and there's no independent monitor of what they're doing. Yeah, I'm sure they've cured it. I mean, maybe they have. There's literally no fucking proof for that whatsoever. Zero. None. This is my point. You want a commission to avoid situations where an organization just owes nobody any information ever. It's not good for MMA, actually, to be in that kind of position. Um, But for all of that stuff... With the punishment for Habib, like what's fair? Time fucking served. That's what's fair. Let's move on. Did you watch Lomachenko? Uh, Pedraza took three knees in the last two rounds. I was trying to watch the fights. I did not. I'll be on. I, I recorded it, but that's it. Um, thanks for all the content, Luke. Hope to buy you a beer at Right Proper sometime. All caps. Yes, 
Right Proper is uh, down the street from me. Yes, it is. Um, even with a swollen eye, I would have stopped the fight before the fifth. One loss matters not. Live to fight another day. Love the show. Cheers. Thank you so much for watching, and I can totally agree. If that fight had gone out to the fifth round, his corner would have had some serious questions to answer for. Good for them it didn't. Does Max avenge Connor if they fight again? He might, bro. He might. But the thing about Connor is, I don't think that what we saw against Habib was his like return Max. You know, um, I think there's probably another gear he could hit in terms of how good he is, uh, and I would love to see it against Max. I think it'd be a. I mean, could you at this point? Who on their who in their right mind could say that the second fight between them wouldn't be different? It'd be crazy different. Uh, who would win? Yeah, you figure it out. I don't know, but I would love to see it. Merry Christmas, Luke. Feliz Navidad, of course. Uh, so glad the live chat is back. Less than a live chat, but I appreciate you participating. Did you catch Max straight mocking Ortega, saying good effort and offering a low five in the first? Or take a bit on it and had no idea. Yeah, I mean, he was sort of doing this thing where he was like, um, it looked to me like in the first he was trying to finish it. He was trying to finish it in the first. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Probably not. But he 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 was out there not merely to win but to make a statement. Yeah. Um, hello from New Zealand. Thank you. Habib Woodley, who wins? Probably Woodley. I don't know. Uh, from Harvey Weinstein, not the real one. Uh, Luke, great work from one professional to another. Uh, who wins Prime Holloway or Prime McGregor? Ooh. What's with this barrage of spam in the comments tonight? Uh, who knows? Who cares? Um, who wins Prime Holloway or Prime McGregor? Boy, Prime McGregor's pretty tough to beat. Um. Much to the chagrin of all the donks, I'm going to say Prime Holloway, but that's a tough call. That's a very, very tough call, and I could be convinced otherwise. So it says, just thanks for all you do. Thank you, sir. Thanks for all the great content. Oh, my God. Jesus. Someone gave a ton of money. Um, thank you. Uh, let's see. Is Max Connor 2 the best matchup to make? Is it too soon to say Zabit's only challenging left in Max? Ooh, good call. Zabit's an interesting test for him, but even then... I'm not sure he's the right kind of guy, but yes, Max Connor too. Although that, I don't know how you could make that at featherweight though. It wouldn't have to be a light. You have to put that at light. DC is a true champion and the Natty Goat. Great victory for Max. He outclassed Ortega and spanked him. And still, what were naysayers say now? Yeah, what what could a Max naysayer say at this point? Like what what, what would possibly be left? What do you think of Dana trashing Woodley again? Uh, what would I think about trashing Woodley again? Um, I think that it's unfair by and large. I think it's unfair by and large. Um, Woodley fought three months ago and even that one was on an expedited timeline on the other hand if you're Dana I mean no I don't I don't have a lot of sympathy for Dana on this one there's some other ones where I actually do this is not one of them um, they, they book too many shows and they don't have enough guys to fill them so they put pressure on guys to be readier 
than they are. And then when they're not, they get bitter. It's like, whose fault is that? It ain't the fighters. So, Why does Dana hate Tyron Woodley? I don't know. Someone wrote Luke does MMA poop, and they paid five bucks to do that. Okay. Whatever y'all want. Uh, just a bunch of like weird DC ones. John Jones too insecure to fight DC without cheating twice. DC is a fair natural champion. DC recaptured on heavyweight title. Yeah, that's great. All those things. It's wonderful. Um, okay. Anything else that I missed? How about the commentary tonight? Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I like Paul Felder. I like Joe Rogan. I thought Joe was good during some of the stranger moments of the car, but I thought they were a little bit like pro Ortega in a way that perhaps they like, which I don't mind, but it was just a little too much. Um, they were pro, I don't know. They were just, there was a weird alliances and I thought like, for example, Felder was great during the Lima versus Laprise fight, but I don't know. This combo didn't exactly work for me. I know People like DC probably is the best as a commentator. I, I, I He's probably my, my 1B. My 1A is Dominic Cruz. And I know a bunch of y'all don't like Dominic Cruz. That's cool. I get it. No problem. But he's my number one. Um, for me, it just didn't really work. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible by any stretch, but uh, it wasn't great. wasn't great. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but the overall broadcast was fine. They played face the paint again because they're just committed to sadness. Um, I don't know. What else? Anything else that I missed? Oh, here we go. There's a couple more here. Um, Max did what Connor should have done against Habib. Max did what Connor should have done. Right, but Ortega doesn't have Habib level takedowns. So that doesn't really work. What changes does Ortega need to make to beat Max? He has massive work to do in the stand up. The good news is he has time. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But um, just positioning, um, getting in and out after uh, combinations, setting up combinations, setting up initial strikes. Uh, there's just way, way too much of a gap. What is your stance on God religion, and are you religious and spiritual? No. No, I'm not. Not even a little bit. Um yeah, I'm surprised no one's asking about Ian Kidd. I thought for sure I'd be asking, having to answer like a gazillion questions about that. That's funny. Y'all's choice. You either pay for it or you don't. Let me say this as we uh, end up on this one. Check out the MMA Hour on Monday at noon on MMA Fighting. Still trying to get some guests together, but I know for a fact we'll have uh, Kevin Lee... And Colby Covington, both of them will be on. We'll see about the winners from tonight. It's always a fun little guessing game to see who's going to make it or not. But um, hopefully, they come along. So we'll at least have those two and some other ones as well. Plus the Monday, I'm going to I'm going to blow out the Monday morning analyst for y'all. The last one did 140k, so I was like super fucking happy with that. So um, I'll make sure that that Monday's Monday Morning Analyst is going to be phenomenal. So we'll get that going. Please watch on MMA Fighting. Please subscribe to the channel. Please like the video. I am so glad you watched. I am beyond grateful for everyone who donated in the live chat. Um, I don't do these often enough because Fox Sports 1 kills my will to live. They don't 
ever put anything on at a normal hour, so I can't really do them. But uh, for the pay-per-views, I don't think I have much of a choice. I love doing these. I'm like pumped to do these. And uh, I'm pumped that you guys are here with me. These do great numbers for me. I'm so happy. I have so much fun. And um, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like, subscribe, like, subscribe, the whole bit. Tell your friends about it. I'll see you all for the Monday morning. Well, excuse me. I'll see you all for the MMA hour on Monday. Until then, get some friggin' sleep.